0: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Steve Rosenblum. We suck so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through
2: it
3: and hopefully we will. Um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, Good thing. and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck,
2: so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any. Problem getting it done.
1: Founding members of the W B Club. Wake
3: and they come on.
2: Where's Toby? Well, so I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody. You know, you know, no sharing pipes or joints things like that
1: the three words that describe this show and i quote stink stank stunk it's saturday suckage on the score we should be 670 wsuk Good morning, welcome in. It's Saturday Suckage, and let's get right to the news. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you. We have breaking news. Breaking news on the scores brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo, privacy simplified. The news is this. Matt Nagy will not coach the Bears this Sunday when they play the 49ers at Soldiers Field. Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, will be on the sideline with the the big guy headset, Mark Grody, what does that mean?
3: Well, that means that Nick Bosa and the 49ers have no idea what's going to hit them in the game. <laughs> they have kept this secret all week long, and now they're going to have to deal with Chris Tabor and Bill Laser on the sideline. I think there is some meaning to it. For sure, Steve. I mean, first and foremost, we are, we are what, seven games into the season? This will be the eighth game, so there's a lot of things in practice that run automatically and typically during a, a practice that I watch just about every day of the year. So much of it is uh, done by the assistants anyway. Matt Nagy is there to oversee and to advise and obviously to tutor the quarterback one, Justin Fields, with everybody else. But when a head coach goes down or is not available, it does not mean the whole thing goes goes down completely. Now it it will be interesting though to watch Chris Tabor have to make decisions, and I'm sure that he will have a lot of help. I'm sure that it's this is a new collaboration. It's a newer type of collaboration (laughs) that will be going right in terms of timeouts uh, going forward on fourth down. uh, Take and then you got Tabor. Hit special teams coach, field goal or go for it. You know, there's going to be certain things, but my guess is, and I don't know this for sure, and hopefully when I'm on the sidelines early tomorrow morning, I will get more intel and information but um, I'm guessing that Tabor is going to have the final word, but a lot of say from John D'Filippo and Bill Lazor and whomever else on that sideline because this is, Chris Tabor has never been a head coach in an NFL game. So it's a big deal for him, and there are real decisions that have to be made, and you can say whatever you want about Matt Nagy, but it's, you know, if you are new to it and you have never done it and you are thrown into it in the middle of an NFL season, that's a tough trick.
1: He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We're discussing the breaking news. Matt Nagy will not be coaching. He is in, remains in COVID protocol wherever he is. I hope somebody finds him. He's kept it a secret. I hope somebody finds him and they nail the door shut so he can't get out. I'd rather have the unknown that is Chris Tabor than the known that is Matt Nagy. And I, I just feel, I feel we've seen all that he can give as a head coach, and he's incompetent. He's not somebody I want on the sideline. So now that you have him on the side, now that you have Chris Tabor on the sideline, let me ask you this, is there any sense of what, when, when you give Chris Tabor the title of coach, how much he'll be able to coach, how wide... Will his decision making be or do you expect certain limits as being told has he been reined in and do you have any idea how that's gonna work?
3: They were very tight lipped about that, you know, as Tabor was during his press conference, there's not a lot of things that he felt comfortable answering in that regard. So I don't know. I don't know. My get my best guess is though that yeah there'll be somewhat of a rain and there'll be some intense meetings with him to go through every possible scenario and we'll see i mean this is this is on Ryan Pace at this point as well i imagine Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and Chris Tabor have been on conference calls maybe they're on one right now discussing such things and ultimately though they they have to give him some Autonomy in some areas, or else it would be. I mean, there's just not enough time to debate everything on the sidelines. So, if you're going to give the distinction of interim head coach for a day, then you definitely have to give him certain decision making power. I do wonder this now that now that you bring some of these things up, I wonder if Chris Tabor for a day does he get paid like a head coach? Did he get that extra cash? <laughs> Did he get like an extra $2,500 in his paycheck, like automatic transfer that day? Are the tabers well, going out I, for a good steak dinner that night? That's my question. Yeah,
1: yeah does he get a match match game check? Right, isn't that the, isn't that the way you want to look at it? I just went. I get you for your allowance for a week. It's like, oh, oh um, there, there's
3: uh, there's Tabor and his family at RPM Seafood on my walk home from Soldier. What's what's going on yeah. there? Oh, there a couple of bottles of wine out there. Oh, nice. Bears win. No, but he got he got that extra cash. He got that extra bag.
1: Well, you never know what happens with a new coach. You, you, we do know this: the Raiders were better off, and they got rid of their coach. And and the last couple weeks have kind of shown this i don't know what will happen this week what this does to the betting markets if you listen to the score you always wonder that we're going to go to the scores hotline it's presented by circa resort and casino in las vegas home of the world's largest sports book we're going to bring in ryan horvat he hosts bet mgm tonight on the betql network You download the odyssey app and you watch and listen monday through friday from 6 to 10 pm or listen on 105.9 FM HD2. He's from Joliet. He's a Cubs fan, and he loves the Packers, so he's really picking and choosing right there. Ryan, welcome to The Score.
4: Yeah, just a typical Cub
1: Packers fan. Thanks for having me, guys.
4: I uh, So you um, we, we do have a little bit of a history with Chris Tabor, though. He has been a head coach, we have to remember, before. You have to go all the way back to 2001. He was the head coach of Culver Stockton and they went 6-5. and This is literally what I was looking up last night uh, just in case it was going to be him and Bill Lazor because I really like San Francisco but I think the Bears could keep it close in the first half. Nothing's changed the line with Matt Nagy being out, uh, ruled out. It's still sitting there. Minus 4 is where you find San Francisco, which I think says a lot about Matt Nagy. You know, if Kyle Shanahan was unable to coach for San Francisco or Matt LaFleur was unable to coach for Green Bay, you'd probably see a one-point swing, but I don't think the market thinks too highly of Matt Nagy, and I don't think anybody really does at this point.
3: Good to talk to you, Ryan. Is could, could that is a
1: man after my own sarcastic, <laughs> mean-spirited heart. Ryan, are you mean-spirited? I've never
3: thought of you that way, but maybe you are. I mean, that's fine. No, I mean, like to some people.
4: I, I try to be, you know, the older I get, now I have a son and uh, I have a family. I try to be nicer. My wife told me a couple of years back that I need to start being nicer to people. So I've really, you know, I try, I try to be a better person every single day. You know, that's, that's, that's what I strive for, at least when I get
3: a little bit older. Well, <laughs> just, just, older, for, just for the record, that having a family has not changed Steve in the, in the least. Steve has a beautiful family. <laughs> His son just got married. He's got a lovely daughter, the diva, and uh, he is still the same caustic man. But Ryan, could <laughs> – could, uh, could it still change, or you think that's it? There, there's just not going to be a chance. Matt Nagy's, it its ambiguous at this point. But will it? Could it possibly still change?
4: So I've been listening on Saturdays pretty much for the last, uh, well, growing up my entire life. Steve, I think you've—I think you have a kinder soul these days, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to answer your question, I'm not really sure. You know, maybe I—I I think when we get a little bit closer to kickoff, I think it does. And I think maybe you see a four and a half, maybe even a five with San Francisco. Because also, you know, you gotta beat up I mean I mean you look at the injuries on the defensive side of the ball with Chicago. I mean, these are two middle of the road defenses in San Francisco and in Chicago, but right now, offensively, what the Bears are the worst passing offense in the league. So I think we might see a line move regardless of Matt Nagy being out, just because I do think there'll be some public and sharp money coming in on San Francisco because even though they've struggled and looked bad the last couple of weeks, I still I'll take Jimmy Garoppolo over, uh, you know Justin Fields at this point, and I'll take Kyle Shanahan's play calling over Bill Lazers at this point too. So I do think that it may move a little bit, maybe one point, but I don't see it going up to a touchdown or anything crazy like that. I think the most we'll see is San Francisco favored by five
1: before kickoff. Our guest is Ryan Horvat, He hosts Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL network, and you can listen to him Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 p.m. If you download the Odyssey app, listen on 105.9 FM HD2 from way out there in Joliet, where you make sure that... When you get to Joliet, Ryan, do you turn your watch back 20 years to make sure you're in step with everybody out there?
4: I just head over to the local bar, and we talk about the... Uh... 92 Julia Catholic State Championship, and you just fit right back in. We talk a little all-thought sometimes there. Yeah. yeah that's, that's why I, I, I run over to Cimino's and I get a pizza, and that's exactly what I do. I turn that clock immediately back.
1: There you go. So okay. you, you said you were researching Chris Tabor, and, and I think it's interesting because we, Mark and I were talking earlier. We don't know how wide a coaching berth he's actually going to get, how wide his, Chris Tabor's decision-making will be as the head coach. I imagine the way the, the control freak and the secrecy that goes on with, with Matt Nagy and, and to the point of ridiculousness that, and, and the way it works in the NFL where, where everything, every belch is a secret and it might give away information of a defensive scheme, I don't think he's going to be able to do too much. What is your suspicion and how do you think that affects certain important decisions, especially... That affect the choice, like Mark said, a field goal or you go for it on fourth down, and that could that could that could cover or not.
3: Bears, Bears, do we lose Ryan?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, oh. yeah, you forgot me. Sorry about that. We gotcha. Awesome. Uh yeah. So I think like that's a great question right there because we're seeing more coaching blunders this season than ever. I would really say. You know, I mean, like. Teams not going for it on fourth down. Teams going for it at fourth down near midfield. I mean, that's why I think everybody really likes watching the Chargers right now because they're one of the more aggressive teams in the National Football League. And we don't really know anything about this guy. You know, we we know that he could probably manage the special teams pretty good. But what is he going to do on fourth and one, especially with a rookie quarterback and an offensive line that's really not able to generate any push? You know, and especially going against San Francisco, it's not like he gets to make his coaching debut against a team like Detroit. You know, he's going against Kyle Shanahan. So that's the hardest part about the handicapping right here is we know what Bill Lazor is going to do offensively. You know, since he's taken over calling the plays and with Justin Fields out there, I haven't loved the play calls. I think they really, this week, going against San Francisco, what do you really have to lose at this point? Which is crazy to say. I know because just a couple weeks ago you were playing Green Bay for first place in the NFC North. But I feel like right now you should just kind of let the leash off Justin Fields and see what you have. Stop, you know, protecting him and making him this game manager. Let's see what you have. But I have no clue what we're going to get with Tabor because we haven't seen this guy as a head coach since 2001, and nobody was watching that brand of football. So it's going to be interesting, and I think it'll play a huge difference, especially going against a guy like Kyle Shanahan. Which it's funny to say though, because a couple of years ago Kyle Shanahan was the hottest thing in the National Football League when he took San Francisco to the Super Bowl. Since then, he hasn't had a healthy quarterback. Everybody's been beat up. And now, you know is even going to be around a couple more years because he hasn't had a winning record except for the one year they went to the Super Bowl. So it'll be an interesting game to watch, and there's a lot of unknown. I feel
3: Ryan. While well, we got you, the 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 Packers. There there is no threat to the Packers in winning the division. I mean, they the, essentially I think clinched it with the 24-21 win on the road at Arizona. I mean, that's just a solid win for those guys. The Bears, believe it or not, if they win, they're they're right back in playoff contention potentially with. Three and three Minnesota. So here's two questions for you. What do you think about the Dallas at Minnesota game? And seriously, are there any odds on, on Detroit actually winning a game this year? They're 0-7 right now.
4: So I think Detroit wins this weekend. I oh. took Detroit, I took the point just to be safe, the three and a half. Now let's remember like a lot of people, including myself, also made this mistake a couple weeks back when Dan Campbell went into that press conference and he had literal tears, and he was crying. I was like, you know what? This guy's goofy. They have absolutely no, ta- no talent on that roster, but these guys are going to play hard for him. Next week, they go out there, they get the crap kicked out of them, and I lose more money on the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I do think that they could beat Philadelphia because I think Nick Sirianni is the worst head coach in the NFL right now. Like He has no clue what he's doing. Philadelphia looks so much better in the second half of these games, and that's because teams are up two scores. They're dropping back in nickel coverage. And that's when, you know, Jalen could finally make some plays. So I do think Detroit could get a victory. I still have – I'm still a little afraid of Minnesota and the NFC North. Like, Minnesota, it's very sneaky, but they are really tough defensively and they're starting to get healthier. And then Kirk Cousins, statistically, is having his best season since he's been in Minnesota. He's been playing really well. I think they're going to beat Dallas. No, I think the reason that line's so fishy, it's been moving all over the place, is because – I think some people got a piece of information and didn't expect Dak Prescott to play in this game. But I was watching the CD Lamb presser from yesterday. He says he's ninety percent sure that Dak Prescott's gonna play in this game. Now, how limited is he gonna be in the pocket? Is he gonna be able to move? We're not really sure. But I still think Minnesota's gonna win that game. I think they're a little bit better than we're giving them credit. If you look at these games, Minnesota could easily be five and one on the season. Like they've they've had some blunders at the end of these games. Um, so I still think that they're alive. I that's what I'm saying it's crazy that the Bears are still in playoff contention because you watch them some weeks you're like okay this defense can still get after the quarterback all they need to do is manage the game not turn the ball over and they could stay in some games and win some games and then you watch them last week they're 12 and a half point underdogs against Tampa Bay rightfully so and they looked awful like I turned that game over at half you knew it was over So you never know what you're going to get with this team right now and that's the scary that's the scary thing.
1: We're talking with Ryan Horvat. He uh, hosts BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network. Uh, download the Odyssey app and you'll find it. R- last question for you, Ryan, because we're... I, I don't get why San Francisco's a favorite. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is all that anymore. And the uh, injured quarterbacks have something to do with it, but... Good coaches manage around it. Wow, and, you think he's lost it already, huh? Shanahan's a gone. I'm huh? just not, I'm not enamored of San Francisco, and I don't know why they're favorites. So, if you were looking to invest and the Chris Tabor era is upon you, what can you draw from home dogs? How many, what, what is the record for home dogs this season? Yeah, like home
4: dogs, that's, that, that's the thing. Like home field advantage means like absolutely nothing in the NFL. This season, which is kind of crazy. Um, I have been looking to back home dogs, though, a little bit more than home favorites. But this year, it's been like a 40% clip, and, it, and there's really been no consistency. Where I, I know, like, like early out in the season, you know, that's something that people were looking for. All right, well, this team has the home field advantage. There's going to be fans back in the stadiums. You know, people thought that was going to play a big difference. And I did with totals because last year, all these games were flying over. And I thought the reason was because defenses really weren't able to generate any energy from the crowd and that's the reason we were seeing these totals fly over but to be honest it really hasn't mattered a whole lot like home field advantage hasn't mattered this season and I think a lot of people were shocked about that the first couple weeks of the season now we'll see what happens here the second half of the season also I completely agree with you on Kyle Shanahan which is crazy because a couple years back you know everybody wanted to be grabber from the coaching tree right that's right. where Matt LaFleur came from Mike LaFleur came from there you know um, Robert Sala but since then, like they went to the Super Bowl. He took Matt Ryan to the Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator. Atlanta hasn't been any good since then. So I think he's a great play caller. I just don't think he's a good in-game manager. And I think he's terrible picking out his personnel. So, I'm with you. like I won't be shocked if he's not the head coach there in two years. Wow. He hasn't had a winning record since they went to the Super Bowl.
3: That blows me away just because of all the plaudits he received when he went to the Bowl. This guy's winning by running the football and minimizing the quarterback. Yep. like it was playing with defense. This guy's a genius, and now you guys think he might be out soon.
4: Yeah, I mean, remember well, the NFC title game against Green Bay when Jimmy Garoppolo only threw nine <laughs> passes? <laughs> yes. Like speaking of Juliet, I felt like I was watching my grandpa Gordy call uh, <laughs> double wing offense at Juliet Catholic. <laughs> they threw the ball nine times and they rushed for three hundred yards against an NFL team in a championship game. And then I was like, "That's why I was like, this guy can call plays. His outside zone run schemes, like nobody's going to be able to stop this for years. He's better than his dad." Since then, It's, it's been a disaster. Also, they I mean, let's be honest, they haven't been able to stay healthy. Like last year, they lost Kittle. They lost everybody on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. So we'll see. But right now, it's not looking very good for them. They have two wins, and they drafted a quarterback that's a project that's not going to be ready for two years, which I don't think made a whole lot of sense.
1: Ryan, we appreciate your time. Thanks for jumping on, and uh, we uh, we look forward to talking to you again uh, when the Bears finally fire Matt Nagy and see what that does to you <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Chances. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much.
3: All right, Thanks. Steve. That's check me out. Bet. Check me out, Steve. Yeah. I have the reason I don't get endorsements at the score anymore is because I have never laid down a bet in my life, so I'm just not qualified for it. You know, I might pick. I might lay a bet down based on everything that that you're saying about San Fran, and what, I might pick the Bears to win and put money on it and put some cash in my. Uh, account.
1: Well, would you bet the money line? Just I don't know. I don't know how any of it works. I don't know how any of it even works because I'm gonna,
3: they're there. I'm gonna have to Google it and see what the, they say about all that money line and whatnot. Maybe I'll call. Maybe I'll yeah. call Ryan. Call <laughs> Ryan. Yeah. Say, how right, do I do so, this? The money
1: line. Do I want that? Yeah. If you want an underdog or the money line, you get this. You get to jump in now and see how it changes and. You know, there are other parts of this that we need to discuss. The news, of course, Matt Nagy will not be coaching. Chris Tabor will. The special teams coach will be in charge. We need to take a break. And when we come back, we will continue our discussion about what it means in the Bears playing the 49ers. Not that far. It, you know what? It, Ryan Ryan Horvath, we just talked to him, uh, host of BetMGM tonight. And you can find it on the BetQL Network. It's on the Odyssey app, so go there because that's where you find us if you're listening online. The The idea of, of what, what the coach means, what the likelihood means, what the team, the way the team's thought of, what they're going to be able to do, what they should do with no offensive philosophy that is stated and what they'll be allowed to do. So let's examine the play caller and his relation to the quarterback and what the quarterback had to say this year, which I found or this week, which I found kind of interesting, and I want to get your idea on whether it was edgy.
3: And I wanna ask you
1: frustrated
3: Stevie Sunshine, I wanna ask you too, and we could talk about this as well, who do you think should start at right tackle tomorrow? And we're gonna find out it based on uh, what the philosophy is of this team, believe it or not, is a bigger picture thing tomorrow with who starts at right tackle. Oh.
1: Yeah. I was going to wait on that because okay. I was going to say that. We were going to tease – Two radio stations and one, from what I understand.
3: Well, yeah, I guess this is why maybe we should chat a little bit more before the show. But I like the way no, we I do. I don't it. want
1: to do. We might as well do production meetings on, on yeah. the air. All right, so we'll do the yeah, offensive
3: like- line thing later. Plus, I have what Mark heard, which is all Bears. So we got right. so much We're Bears. We're gonna do that later. Yep.
1: And I need. I have some some therapy. I need some group therapy from our audience, and we'll need we'll need people to call in and help me with this. So we'll do that. But for now. What does it mean? What are you, what are we, based on what we know and what we think, let's find out what this does for the offense, and a Matt Nagy offense, the historically pathetic Matt Nagy, whose offense is worse than John Fox's. And did you ever think you'd say something like that? I just said Mm. it. Mm. That's what it is, Bears fans. Mm. Let's talk about that. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thank you for listening. Saturday Suckage is what it is. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Uh, We've, uh, instead of waiting until Saturday night when, you know,
5: or whenever it is that they tell you an answer, yes or no, we we've been discussing throughout the week, just different scenarios and just different things that I, so I can help him out as much as possible things, some things that he might not think of on, on game day, um, whether it's with the coaches, whether it's with the players, um, you know, mindset of anything game situation wise that we want to, uh, you know, go into in this particular game. And, you know, coach Taves has been great with all that. We, we do a lot of that anyway, um as as him being a special teams coordinator and i do it with the coordinators but now that he's in that you know role where he'd end up having to have to be the guy that makes the decisions just giving him support so that he he feels good and understands and then you know a lot of it too dan is there's there's you know when you're in the moment there's some things you just can't predict there's a feel to it as well and, and that that's where that feel will come into play and and we have a nice little plan in place if that's the case
1: Well, I hope that plan isn't don't do anything smart. Don't do anything I wouldn't do because I would do the opposite of what Matt Nagy does. That is Matt Nagy talking about earlier in the week, talking about the game plan, the strategy, the meetings, the collaboration, Mark Grody, collaboration of how this is all going to come together. The news today, in case you missed it. Matt Nagy has been ruled out for tomorrow. He will not be on the sideline. He remains in COVID protocol. Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, will be the designated head coach. We don't know if it's ceremonial. We don't know what he'll be allowed to do. And the only thing I can compare it to, and help me with this, I could be way wrong, or maybe there's some similarities. When Matt Nagy gave up play calling last year, and all of a sudden, the play calling was better. The play was better. Mitch Trubisky looked like an actual quarterback. Granted, he did it against three of the worst defenses, the worst teams in the league. It was better, but, but not necessarily that,
3: good. So, but go on.
1: Yeah. yeah, right. But it, but it was, but it showed that there was a recognition that the Bears should have and could have and did have a running game at their disposal, and that there were the running game could set up. Play action and set up a passing game, and you know Bill Lazor's great fault was that he still kept, and maybe it was Matt Nagy's calls interrupted, you know, getting in imposing his his authority in calling plays that put Trubisky in the pocket where he clearly failed. He's he's horrible in the pocket. You can't let him do that, and that that happened. We saw end zone interceptions again. So if Chris Tabor, I compared it to what Bill Lazor was allowed to do. We were allowed to see his vision. Do you think that's the case? And if so, what happens? Does Bill, Bill Lazor have even more freedom? Are there parts of this offense that needed to change, that this might be the week they're going to change? Is there more? Are, will protection change? Will What, what do you think? Changes with Chris Tabor there with Bill Lazor, presumably having more authority and more say so, and given given a wider a wider berth in making the offensive decisions. Am I wrong on this? I think
3: for the most part, Bill Lazor is is given autonomy within a game, but there probably are those moments where Matt Nagy, as the head coach, is allowed to overrule Bill Lazor, and there is no way of knowing which plays those might have been, what type of plays that they might have been. So, yeah, I would say that that Bill probably will have just, just a little bit more freedom than he has had. As far as Chris... Here's what people... If Chris Tabor is truly himself in tomorrow's game, Bears fans are going to like him because he is very animated you know, super gregarious guy. Well, Matt Nagy's gregarious too, but he is like, he's like the classic, you know, crazy special teams coach where he's always running and yelling and, you know, very boisterous, and he does it in an intelligent way, but but he's that guy. He's that type of, you know, spirited head coach. He's not – Who knows if you'll see that tomorrow and what his sideline demeanor will be. But I know from knowing Chris Tabor and being down on the sideline that he's very excitable. He's an excitable dude. And it'll be I am going to be fascinated to watch and see how he comports himself on that sideline. And I just we don't know like what I mean, he's going to have to be the guy. That makes ultimate decisions because it just get there's not enough time to have discussions and everything becomes convoluted if you have like three different answers on what they should do on a on a on a fourth and one kick it or or go for it or whatever the case may be. So um, and, and and here's the thing too, you know that if the Bears are in that predicament, say a fourth and one, and Tabor decides to kick the field goal. <laughs> it's going to be oh yeah that's the special teams coach he wants <laughs> Cairo Santos to get to continue towards the record so it might be a no win for him as well but it'll be very interesting to see how it how it all goes down I think too, like th- this is going to be this this is going to be a sluggish game tomorrow and it it really comes down to the fact that neither team is getting good quarterback play right now. I mean, just just looking at one set of numbers from the two quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, six touchdowns, four picks. Justin Fields, two TDs, six interceptions. This is not – we're not talking prolific passing games for this day. So it's going to be – and both teams are physical. San Fran, probably even more physical than the Bears. So it's, it's going to be – I mean, everything – Sets up for a grinded out physical low scoring game tomorrow.
1: Is that what you mean by sluggish? That, that like it's not, it's this is not Brady versus Rodgers, and thank God the Bears are not facing Brady or Rodgers. Not like, even is close, that what you
3: mean? Not even close, <laughs> yeah. So, that, I mean, who knows? I mean, look, I still need to see, like, I, I want to see the improvement. And Justin Fields, even incremental, I haven't seen it yet, like, or recently. So I, see, I still need to see that. It really is. I mean, it's so important, and it's just – it's and nobody expected – well, actually, no, I thought, I'll thought i take that back. I think some people did expect magic when Justin Fields came out to start. So I think people were okay to say, okay, he's, he's a rookie. This is going to take a while. But then when you don't see improvement, and it's hard to pinpoint what exactly it is that Justin Fields does well – at this point, that does, I think that does fall on the coaching staff. You know, I'm not going to you know, completely allow Justin Fields to be blameless in this, but if we're not seeing even incremental improvement, then mm-hmm. that's, that's a problem. And, and I, I still need to, despite all the handicaps I'm discussing here, I still need to see that tomorrow from the coaching staff and from Justin Fields.
1: Oh my goodness. We didn't even give out the phone number, 312-644-6767. But Cesar Perez, our producer, is playing the breaking caller sounder. So, Cesar, what are you bringing us?
3: We have Paul in Palatine.
1: Paul! The alliterative hey Paul from Palatine. That's right. How are you guys doing?
3: Well.
4: <laughs> My question for you is, Let's say lasers came up with an incredible game plan this week. Gets the RPO going for Fields, pairs it up. We light it up for like thirty-six points. What exactly does that mean for
3: Nagy? Well, then I can hang up and listen. Okay. If the Bear, (laughs) hey,
1: I'll hang up and listen for my firing, my friend.
3: Typically, my answer to this question has been asked a lot. Like, what what happens if the Bears win tomorrow with Matt Nagy there? I'm like, okay, it means absolutely nothing. Okay, Uh, but. If the Bears score 36 points, wait a minute, I might have to change my thinking on that. I'll be like, do whatever you did in that game. Yeah, Chris Tabor, you stand right there. You tell him what to do and you make the, yeah, if the Bears score 36 points and I'm on the air on Bears Monday, I I will definitely be open to, to those calls and those things, but uh, it, it's not going to be 36 points, and so, it, no, nothing changes, and it, uh, honestly, it shouldn't.
1: You know, I wonder, I want to see that happen for the simple reason that this has been, I just don't think, I think Matt Nagy has proven, he's been exposed. He's not NFL level. He's not championship level. He has no ability to adjust or adapt. He has he has no creative thinking in an, there, as much as he protects a scheme, it doesn't hold together. It's, it's, it's not woven together that one creates, one play creates the look of another that creates the the ability to score on the next one. I, I do think, I mean, he came here as a failure. He came here blowing that game, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs as the play caller in that playoff game against Tennessee. They lost at home. and And I want to see the Bears score 36 points.
3: And we're not because... talking pick sixes here, by the way. Those don't count. We're no, not talking no. we're about, talking about we're,
1: we're we're talking a five T D five T D game and a one point rouge from from <laughs> from Justin Fields. But the 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 year for Matt Nagy has gone like this. His offense sucks. He I believe he was ordered to give up the play calling. He didn't want to do it. I believe he was ordered. To start Justin Fields at the expense, of, at the risk of losing his job, and I believe he has been neutered. And then, if there were to be another coach and he were to be out of the building and his headset would have been turned off for a game where the Bears have their greatest offensive output, I, I, it looks like three strikes, you're out. I mean, there's your, there's your change the coach hat trick, for me. Now I could be you know, I, I don't know what you think about that, and I know you let's say there's thirty six points and it's a great offensive performance. Given Matt Nagy's year and the way I think he has been neutered, don't you see that coming?
3: Well, I, I think that at the end of the I mean that might confirm his fate for the end of the year. Oh, and, oh okay. You
1: know, but yeah, but no I so I they I, don't I, do
3: this I, I I no they're not gonna do it in the middle of the season. No, that's that will not happen. But but I I, I was being serious, even though my tone might have been sarcasm, if the Bears score thirty six offensive points Tomorrow, then everything is on the table. Everything is on the table in terms of how this, the collaboration process might have to change. And since a couple of you guys have asked about uh, this, and this is one of the techs, an honest question, can Nagy call into the sidelines or call to the press box with technologies as possible? Are we talking figurehead coach Tabor? No, I he, he is not allowed to make coaching decisions during the game. Um, so Matt Nagy will be just like you. He will be watching the game on television. You know what? I, and I, Maybe Matt Nagy, since he's got a really good relationship with Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer uh, and myself, is that he will he will turn down the volume on the TV and turn up the radio call. And I will give information from the sidelines so he can know what's up.
1: There you go. There you go. You, you, you keep beating him. That's good. What's up? So what's up is what you talked about. The offensive line, which remains critical and remains a, an embarrassment for Matt Nagy last week and remains critical this week, and you wanted to talk about that, and you have you have an interview scheduled with uh, Right for our, our brother radio station, our big brother radio station, with one of the offensive linemen and how this is going to play out. And we should talk about this, shouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely, man.
3: Yeah, I do, I, and I think that a... The decision made tomorrow could, like, kind of give you what their philosophy, is, or their, or maybe a continuing philosophy that Ooh. we've already seen, or they could flip it.
1: All right. Well, we'll get back to that. the offensive line, which has been a a painful sight uh, and uh, painful for physically painful for Justin Fields and painful in other ways for <clears throat> those remaining Bear fans. So we will discuss that. This is Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody, with you, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hey, welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody, with you, Saturday Suckage. The breaking news, Matt Nagy will remain in COVID protocol. He will not be on the sideline tomorrow. Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, will be has been designated as the head coach. This breaking news on The Score is brought to you by Duck, Duck, Go. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Mark, the Bears have an issue on their offensive line. We saw that last week. Lechevia Simmons, according to Jason Peters, didn't get any practice at right tackle ahead of Sunday's emergency start. So you can't even give a backup. I don't know what kind of coaching that is where the backup doesn't get any snaps. So he's not ready, and boy, was he not ready. And in comes Alex Bars and maybe Larry Borum, and I don't know who's – maybe Keith Van Horn's coming back. <laughs> so what can you – straighten us out, inform us, right. help us, right. Mark Rody So what – What's uh, –
3: so? Yeah, Ooh. I had eyes on Larry Borum –
1: this week <laughs> goes right to Mike Yes, Larry.
3: Yes, 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 Larry, Larry. Right. But Larry Borum, yes, he was there, he was out there, he is practicing, and he, of course, has been down with an ankle injury for several weeks. He's a fifth round rookie out of Missouri. So, that is, the, he's, he's a guy that the, the Bears have constantly, you know, raved about how much they like have told us countless times from multiple coaches that he's a guy that, you know, could have been drafted higher. They had third-round grades on him, all of that. So there is a high expectation from within the organization for Larry Borum. Now the question becomes at right tackle, though, do you just throw – do the old – kind of like what they're doing with Justin Fields. Do you just kind of throw him in there – and let the results be what they may because Larry Borum is the future. I don't think Larry Borum at this point, having been down for so long, is is the the best choice, the guy that gives you the best chance to win the game. And he might be the best of that bunch. But it's probably Elijah Wilkinson or Alex Bars who at this point would give you a better chance on that side. So this, is, this becomes a really tough question, I think, for Bears fans because th- – do you want to put in your rookie, your future at right tackle, but then again, you are hurting your most prized rookie, Justin Fields, if you don't have as competent of a right tackle in. What the Bears organization has told you they are doing is saying, and I think most Bears fans like this, because they put Justin Fields in, they are saying it is more about the development than it really is about anything else this year. And so if they continue with that trend, Larry Borum would be the guy but that could hurt your your quarterback. So, it's an interesting decision that the Bears have to make. I'd like to see, you know, it hasn't officially been activated. I should point that out about Borum. Maybe he's not in shape. You know, maybe we don't know. Maybe he will be inactive on Sunday. But the the what they have done this year tells me that Larry Borum could very well get a start. I like to see Wilkinson start and then you bring in Borum for a couple of series. That's what I'd like to see.
1: And, no, Alex Bars, who seems to be the most capable of them. I you mean, know, let me connect some dots. Sure, and sure. Help, tell me and then I'll I'm tell on. you about
3: here's, Alex Bars because I look, talked to him yesterday.
1: So so if you have Larry Borum start and you have Khalil Herbert as your running back and you have Justin Fields as your quarterback, I'm connecting three rookies there. And we saw what happens when a rookie running back can't pick stuff up, and a rookie quarterback can't figure out what the block, what the hot play is, where the guy's coming from, where the pressure's coming from. You are dealing with rookie mistakes in triplicate. And that's why I don't think you can put Larry Borum there. Um, I need to see Justin Fields. The one thing I need to see him and Khalil Herbert get better is their their respective responsibilities in blitz pickup. So yes. I see the three rookies on that side. is a dangerous thing for Justin Fields' future.
3: Absolutely right, and I I completely agree. Do you do you sell out your right tackle position at the expense of the number eleven pick in the draft? I mean that's the big thing, and, and I. You know, from the feedback that I have gotten from people on Twitter when I tweeted about Larry Borum and putting a video up of him earlier on at Mark Grody Sports, people like Larry Borum. They're excited about Larry Borum. He's a rookie, and the Bears say he's good. So there is a lot of you know, there's a lot of hope for Larry Borum, Same way as Justin Fields. That doesn't mean this guy is ready to play right tackle for an entire game. Now, as far as Alex Bars is concerned, he's a mystery man to me because we know how valuable that guy has been this year and in coming into being the sixth offensive lineman when tight ends were down you know uh, going in motion a couple of times which was was you know what I mean it was fun to watch and he had a blast doing that and of course he you know I asked him yesterday just I'll give away a little piece of the interview that's going to air tomorrow on the WBBM pregame show probably about 9:10 or so tomorrow morning of course he wants to be a starter cuz you know he's having fun doing what he's doing and playing a valuable part on the team but and and he says that of course he'll he'll do whatever he has to do and he's happy to play wherever but yeah, human nature. He he wants to start now. What I don't know and can't get a straight answer on is what it is about Alex Bars that the Bears they like him, but they don't like him that much. You know, to where he's considered the guy as the right tackle for the Bears in the meantime. You know what I mean, or ever in his career. Like he's played everywhere. You know the the classic uh, jack of all trades, master of none. So, and I, I don't know what, because, and even people that I've talked to that really know offensive line, they like Alex Bars too. And I, I just, I can't figure out what it is about Alex Bars that they don't like because there's something that keeps him from being like the automatic starter.
1: Oh my goodness. This has been a wild week. We have our second. Breaking caller sounder. Good God, Caesar! What what have you brought us, Caesar?
3: We have Joe in Brookfield.
1: Joe in Brookfield. Hi, Joe. Joseph. Joe, you want to be on the radio, Joe? Joseph,
2: hey, ba- hi guys, sorry, sorry. Okay, hi, Joe. can you hear me?
1: Hi. Loud and clear, we buddy. Okay, hear so- you, dude. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry.
2: Okay. Are you waking so- a
1: bacon, Joe.
2: I'm I'm awake. I'm just not baking, I guess. Um, so Could have us. My, my, <laughs> So what I'm trying to what I'm trying to get across is everybody is basically zeroing in on Matt Nagy, which I agree. I mean, I'm not even disagreeing with, with your observation. I though hear very little talk about the people that uh, that Ryan Pace has drafted or brought into the Bears, and. You know, I think everything starts at the top, and I think it's with him. Look at all the different quarterbacks that he has brought in and overpaid. Um, and then, you know, just they spent much more money, from what I understand, Hub said, on the defensive line than on the offensive line. So you're pretty much getting what you paid for. And I just think that it starts at the top, and I think that the issue is, is Ryan Pace just as much as Matt Nagy, because he also brought in Matt Nagy. And so I think he's more the problem than... I think that's where it starts first. That's all I want to say.
1: Okay, well, we appreciate the call, but I, if you haven't heard discussions of Ryan Pace's failed personnel decisions and his hiding and his lying and his utter incompetence, then you haven't been listening to the score or you've been firing up the bong often because that has been a... Long point of just dis- long time point of discussion, we have the, not just the quarterbacks, but the offensive line and the way he's gone about putting together an offense that is the worst in the league is is all about it. And there are people saying, last year and I was one of them, he cannot come back. You cannot bring him back. You cannot let him choose another quarterback. He has failed at every turn in the most important position. And when you say it starts at the top, I'm going up to Virginia. She's got to get pissed off before anybody below her makes a change in the hierarchy. Anyways, we've talked about Ryan Pace. Is that don't you think that's fair to say, Mark? Haven't we discussed Ryan oh, Pace's yeah. personnel decision?
3: Yeah, but I yeah, absolutely. And there have been fails along the way. I will say this though. I liked what he did in the draft this year. I like that he traded up to get Justin Fields. I like that he took Tevin Jenkins in the second round. I like that they they stuck with offensive line in the fifth round. So it's everything seemingly has backfired right now. But they did put some emphasis into offensive line. Now what the injury stuff was with Tevin Jenkins in college last year. Now that that's on them. If they if it truly wasn't the same injury but they say it was then you know that that's their homework but i i mean it, everything is sort of backfired and they made the worst decision was putting lachavius simmons in at at right tackle last week. I, like if ever a time to, to put alex bars in to start yeah. the guy that you have respect for and has played all positions why pig simmons was getting the start in that game i don't really know
1: our text line, the text zone, is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. The 312, hello, Stevie Sunshine and Mark Rohde. We do not fire coaches midseason, but we might leave him on the COVID list for the rest of the season. Chuckle, chuckle. Suck on, dudes. That's a, I like that plan. And to answer several callers who have phrased this in different ways. Matt Nagy is not allowed to be on the phone with the coaching staff. He cannot call into the press box or to the sideline. He cannot have anything to do with that. He's not coaching. No technology. Like Mark said, he has the same TV that you have, and maybe he'll see how bad his scheme is the same way we see how bad his scheme is because he certainly can't see how bad things are when he's on the sideline. Maybe watching on the TV will show that. But to answer the question, he is not allowed to have anything to do with you can't be like a manager thrown out of a game sitting in the right, office on right. the phone in the dugout, Steve, watching uh, on TV and right. telling his coach and, what to do. And
3: continuing in a score tradition of hosts not listening to each other, I already addressed that a little bit earlier, Steve. So I, I don't know, maybe you just had a had a bad moment, but I, I, I already went through that.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well... <laughs> we get your less your audience changes every day in MA. That's true. That's true. So you gotta keep giving we're the updating news. Updating the people. Yeah. Updating the people who are still asking. Yeah. Anyways, we um, we'll take a break. When we come back. We there's a Bears game Sunday, I hear. Yeah. And aside from the coach who has been removed, we have other things going on. It seems like a very appropriate time to delve into what Mark heard. Do you think it's an appropriate time to delve into what Mark heard. I'm so
3: in. I got a couple of really good cuts from Olin Creutz from yesterday. A couple from Justin Fields. So it's it this is going to be good. This is going to be a really good Bears edition of
1: what Mark heard. We'll do that next. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
0: <sighs> spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com.